0: Now, Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Storey, with your Backyard Millionaire Creed. Promise yourself to invest in you. Promise yourself to trust you and your instincts. Honor your instincts. You're probably right more often than not. Promise yourself to never invest on an emotional basis. Always use logic and the facts, do due diligence. Promise yourself to negotiate with win-win in mind and find a need in your marketplace and fill it. Promise yourself with everything you do to begin with the end in mind. And look forward in life, but don't live into the future. Promise yourself to learn from your past, but don't spend too much time there, either in regret or revelatory on the better days and what once was. Remember and promise yourself to live in the present, because this right here, right now, what you and I are going through in this moment is all we've got. I woke up excited today to come here and talk to you. I wake up excited most days. I don't know why. I've always been a morning person. I mean, I, I, I've done I could do well into the night, but mornings—that's my time. As the kids say, that's my jam. I love the morning time. Tiffany's always, you know, not always, but I shouldn't say that. But she's, you know, it's like you should write at night or you know try. I can't when I go to write a book. Like I'm rewriting right now, The Millionaire Maker. I'm going to share just a piece of it here today. It's a it's a short guide. I almost cannot touch it in the afternoon or evening. It's like the creativity isn't there. It's got to be the morning time. I don't know where your creative time is or your best time, your best self to do something, to stretch, to grow, to, to become somebody different. Find it. For you, it might be nighttime. A lot of authors that I've listened to interviews of and read their books have, have stated, oh, I'll write into the night. Oh, that's my time. And I, They don't get up till 10 or 11 and nope, not me. I'm a five and alive kind of guy, I love the morning time. Between four and five is optimal. Five to six, eh, not so good for me, but that's me. You do you. Just like the backyard millionaire Cree says, you've gotta follow your own instincts, find your path. I wanna talk about the fastest way to wealth and why I don't care about it. The reason I'm saying this is I subscribe to a newsletter, not because I like what they're offering, I really don't I like the concept that they're using real estate as a vehicle to help people become wealthy and create passive multiple streams of income I like that aspect but what I do not like and what I don't abide and I can't really tolerate or stand without saying something is the get rich quick mentality that that I see in their newsletters more often than ought to be there for example just earlier today, I was reading, I can't remember what I said. It said something about uh, get richer, quicker, bigger, best, faster, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, come on already. I'm already subscribing to your newsletter. Talk about the interest rates. Talk about some of the national stuff you're going to touch on. But why are you trying to prime the pump that I'm going to get rich quick if I follow your tactics? All they're trying to do is sell you a course. That's how they're getting ultimately rich. Yeah, they've probably got some investment in real estate. I think they're walking the talk. But to the extent that they're trying to sell me a course so they can get even richer. Get rich quick, go broke quicker. Think about that. Any time you read or hear something that sounds even remotely close to get rich quick, hear in your mind, get rich quick, go broke quicker. Get rich slowly and you'll stay rich. Wealth grows and accumulates over time and compounds over time, slowly. You can do things to expedite it, but it it needn't be and shouldn't be looked at as a quick plan. Whenever you see somebody promising fast growth or quick results, remember this. Real estate is the surest and slowest way to wealth and the surest and best way to keep your wealth. Generationally speaking, I'm talking about legacy type wealth. I'm talking about into the rest of your life and for the rest of your natural life. That's what real estate can do for you. Not get rich quick, but get rich slowly, stay rich. So, all right, I'm gonna get off the soapbox. I just saw that and I was like, oh! It just irritated me and I thought, okay, I'm gonna say something to you because I just, um, I reject it. Like th- I told you, I'm rewriting, I'm editing, I shouldn't say I'm rewriting, I'm just editing and, and beefing up a little bit the Millionaire Maker. We've been using it for years now as a, just a free PDF that will hand people and we've retracted that, not because I don't want people to have the information, but I want to package it in an actual book, not just a PDF, but it'll actually be a book and also an ebook and then an audio book. But then the reason I want to do that is sometimes it's the conveyance of something. Like when you hand somebody a 35 or 40 page PDF, it gets. It, what are you going to do with it? Um, you got to print it or you're going to sit there and read it on your, your laptop and so forth. So I really want to hand somebody, I want to hand you, a physical product, something that you'll never throw away, something you can keep or give to somebody else that you think might could use it. And that's why it's just really important to me to have that document in in a real form. Like Price Pritchett, I'm going to be reading from a, a little book he wrote called Fast Growth here later in the program. It's a, I don't know, 30, 35 page little guide or manual if you will, but it's a book nonetheless. And I like that it's stripped down, essential, There's no fluff, there's nothing more that is necessary to convey this idea of which he calls align, adopt, and add value, fast growth, creating uh, acceleration. It's a strategy, is what he shares. Anyway, we're gonna talk a little bit about his present mind, like thinking in the present and how it can help your future. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. My point is, in The Millionaire Maker, it's all about slow growth. There's nothing fast about it, and that's you know that may not be for you. I think it is. I think you like that. I think that that's why you're here with me, listening to this, sharing this later from ilovehomeralaska.com dot forward slash podcast. That's what I think. I think you like that idea. I think you like the idea of something sustainable. I think you like having a stake in your community, having a foothold, and also ownership. I don't like the term stakeholder, because it was, a, it was uh, adapted, I think co-opted, by a group of people that do not actually have a skin in the game or have a stake, and they are well, we're stakeholders. It, well, are you? <laughs> I, you and I want that. You want to own more of your own backyard, I know that. And uh, this guide that I'm working on is gonna help you do it slowly, uh, efficiently, effectively, and that's going to have long-lasting impact I want to talk about something that's more valuable than gold and this actually comes from the millionaire maker the concept does not not what I'm about to tell you but the concept of more valuable than gold is as follows the road map is more important than the car the road map you follow is far more important than what you're in when you're going on this trip if you're looking for treasure the treasure map is far more important than what which, which, you know, plane or boat or automobile you're going to take. The know-how is far more important than capital. And in The Millionaire Maker, I share a story. It's, this is a new edition. So if you don't have it, well, you don't have it. So you wouldn't, if you've got a copy of that, you won't know what the story I'm about to tell you, which is about my dad. And I've talked about it before, but I'm putting it in print for the first time. And my dad came to pick me up at my pottery store and took me to go look at a piece of property and said, here buy this and in the in the little book i talk about how it was i said he might as well told me to flap my wings and fly to the top of a tree i didn't know how i couldn't imagine myself owning buying building i just couldn't see it and the money was there i didn't have it but i had access to the money through my relationships i didn't have the money i think it's important to say that again i didn't have the money and it, it, you know what's even more important i didn't have the know-how I didn't understand that the relationships I had already fostered at the bank through my dad's conveyance of his belief in me, conveyed that through and to the banker, and so he trusted me on a first loan, and I just couldn't see that that relationship could help me with the next project. I didn't have the roadmap. I think, and I'll say this, with all sincerity, I think the greatest untapped resource on planet Earth is human potential. And I think a lot of times you keep it hidden. I keep it hidden. We do this out of fear. Fear of what will they say? What will people say? What, what if it doesn't work? What if it works? What if it's successful? What if I don't know how to do it? What if I'm not good enough? What if I fail? I think we hide our human potential as a result of that fear. or indifference, like I, I don't know, comfort, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I don't really. I don't really need to stretch further than this, do I? I think that's one of the other reasons that we keep that resource limited. And then there's just ignorance, like I don't know. I didn't know I could do that. I recently watched an interview with a guy who started out selling cars, and he said that first check, and and he started at 18 because he had nothing else going, he had nothing else he could think of or imagine himself doing, and his family just basically said, get a job. And so the first thing he found was selling cars. And he found he was pretty good at it. Accidentally found that he could do it. And he said he got a pretty big paycheck. That first car he sold, he got a pretty big cha- paycheck. And then he went about finding out how to go do it. And so he had, a, he, he had to learn the roadmap. And he became somebody who would go on to sell, imagine this, the commission sales of selling cars, uh, almost a million dollars a year. Selling cars on commission that means he had the skill he had to learn the skill he had to get the roadmap and nobody handed it to him he had to go find it so i guess i would just say this before you borrow a single dollar to go start a business or to invest borrow somebody else's plan first and you may have to borrow somebody else's belief in you before you can see yourself in that larger place or to actually support your own self borrow somebody else's belief in you borrow somebody else's plan follow that plan follow the roadmap and eventually you might be driving a ferrari down that road if you want to but don't do it to impress other people so i'm so ever so grateful that my dad loaned me and tiffany he didn't loan us the money but he loaned us the belief and the plan and from there it was up to us You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. We're going to go over your real estate tribe and also when is it the right time to tap into your home equity. We'll talk about that and more. Stick around. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got i'm chris story and i'm also author of the same name book the backyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got i suggest you go get it it's about a sales clerk it's a it's a parable type book very short sometimes people tell me they read it in a single reading uh, others say oh i read it in a couple nights um great little book and i'm just noticing that the sales are ticking up online and i so appreciate that and it isn't the money Yeah, take the money, but it isn't about the money. It's about getting that story into as many people's hands as possible. I'll go to some of the little tiny lending libraries, you know, those little bird birdhouse size style libraries that you see around places and you're supposed to leave a book, take a book kind of thing. I'll just leave a copy of it there or Born to Live because I just want to get that message into the hands of as many people as possible. You can find it online wherever books are sold, The Backyard Millionaire or on my website, at my bookstore, ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash books. All right, when is a HELOC right for you? And a HELOC, to be clear, is a home equity line of credit. Or how about this, a cash-out refi, refinance where you take equity out. Both accomplish a similar thing. In other words, you're getting home equity liquefied. So your house, your land, your property's illiquid. You want to take some of that equity, the difference between what it's worth and what you owe, if you owe anything. And with a heat lock, you're just borrowing against that on its own. It's a whole it's a second, it's a second mortgage against your property essentially. And you may use it all, you may not use any of it, but it's a line of credit that's available to you. And so a cash out refi, of course, is obviously necessarily refinancing the whole debt. If you have a debt against the property at let's just say three percent, and you do a cash out refi because you want to liquefy some of that asset you want to take that cash and do something else with it which we'll talk about in a second you're refinancing the whole mortgage now so instead of just the equity piece you want to take out which could be say fifty thousand dollars and you're paying you know something on the order with a HELOC of seven and a half or eight percent on that money now you're going to be taking the whole indebtedness including the cash out and paying the high interest rate of today on the whole thing and resetting the clock on your mortgage to a 30 or 15 year note and so you're, you're suddenly your equity your, your principal payment is going to be smaller than your interest again you're resetting that amortization schedule so do think about the difference between the two we'll talk about when you should tap into that equity but even still as you look at these two a home equity line of credit versus a cash out refi you you really want to know the difference between the two and have a serious conversation with your mortgage lender, before you pull the trigger on either one. And your mortgage lender is probably not gonna be the one to help you with the, the HELOC, that's gonna be more your bank. You know, think your institutional bank where you have a checking account, savings account, things like that, your refi, you're hopefully working not just because this person is at the bank you bank, but they're the best mortgage broker. And we'll talk about how to build your tribe and what that mortgage broker should look like a little bit later, but back on point, when should you use your equity? So when is a HELOC or when is a cash-out refinance right for you? Simple answer, when you have a better use of the money now versus later. So if you tell me you've got a good use for this money, and we'll talk about good, but when you've got a good use for it, then yes, go grab it, as long as that good use is one of the following categories. Remember Homer Simpson? I should find that clip. But Homer Simpson said, I found a great way to take a vacation and have my house pay for it (laughs) he was talking about a heloc he was talking about a home equity line of credit to pay for his vacation that is not a good reason never ever touch your equity for something as frivolous as a vacation ever leave it alone don't touch it leave it there leave it in the ground where it belongs unless for example you're paying off 25 percent interest credit card loan credit card debt you're somehow you, you you're saddled with you've saddled yourself with high high interest rate credit card debt and by the way millions have we're over a trillion dollars right now in america in credit card debt that didn't happen overnight or by accident it's it's it grew uh, leaps and bounds and the interest rate is 20 i mean literally 25 percent are you kidding me that is usurious hard to believe it's illegal but it is and you can pay that debt off with six and a half percent house money. All right. So long as, and let's put a caveat right here. This is it. You have to promise yourself you're never going to do it again. You can't keep coming back to the well to put out a fire you started. You need to leave that equity in the ground as long as you can for as for as long as possible because that's how it grows and compounds. And you, you're sort of short sheeting yourself if you keep tapping into it because you keep racking up and running up the credit cards. So that's the, that's one good reason to tap into it in home equity, either through a line of credit or a refi, if you're paying off high interest credit card or a high interest line of credit with your bank or something like that with a lower interest securitized loan against your home, okay. But again, that revolving door has to be shut for good. You have to promise yourself that. Why am I saying this with such certainty? because i've been there and <laughs> i've done that and i've learned the hard way all right another point if you are to use your equity to make another investment in a working piece of real estate or investment piece of real estate okay using the equity to say buy a rental home or a duplex triplex fourplex something along that order fine okay so long as you've done your your due diligence you have a realtor on board with you that's helping you Figure out the plan, not just for acquiring that next property, but what it's worth, what its actual worth is, what its future potential worth is, and what its rental value is. So you're going to walk into it not going underwater in any way, shape, or form. So that's that's a good thing. That's fine. So making another real estate investment for passive income with a positive appreciation, path to growth, all of that, and or paying off usurious payday loan style credit card debt with your house money so long as again that you promise never to do that again promise yourself then it's fine but otherwise leave the gold alone it's like the richest man of babylon made an incredible point with a with a short little parable about your goals should have children your gold's children should have children and on infinitum in other words don't touch it let your money grow let your wealth grow the compounding value of real estate takes time and if you keep shaking it up and taking more out and resetting the clock and amortization schedule you're just going backwards so if, if it's not one of these two reasons I suggest you leave your equity right where it belongs in the ground or do whatever you think is best but don't say I didn't warn you when is it? I want to? Talk. I ran across something, but I'm just realizing I don't think I have enough time to do that right now. I'm going to come back to this. When is enough enough? I just read um, an article today about happiness related to income, happiness related to money. Like when is enough enough? So we'll get into that. That's actually something I want to spend a little time on. I don't want to be, I don't want to be short with that. Well, let's talk about your millionaire plan in your tribe. So I just alluded to a mortgage broker, a realtor. Those are two obvious people that should be on your tribe trusted real estate broker and in the millionaire maker i do spend a little bit of time talking about and i'm i'm really going back and forth to be frank with you whether or not i'm going to conclude include the word realtor most people i mean almost to a person would think oh a real estate agent is a realtor a realtor is a real estate agent they're synonymous they're one in the same there's, there's really no difference and obviously the difference is that uh, over 100 years ago i think it was in, what 1908 or something like that A group of men in Chicago got together and created basically an organization to which became the National Association of Realtors which was going to self impose a higher set of standards on themselves so as to differentiate them from shyster operators and people that were taking advantage and were essentially snake oil salespeople and Ponzi schemers and and pickpockets essentially. They wanted to differentiate, so they created the National Association of Realtors. And then shortly thereafter, created what's called the Code of Ethics. So they were already establishing a higher standard for themselves and and differentiating, and then decided, hey, let's put on ourselves a Code of Ethics. Well, And I go into some detail in The Millionaire Maker that the, the fact of the matter is that some judges, when there's a dispute, some judges have actually adjudicated the case based on not the law, but a higher standard, which is the Code of Ethics the realtors hold themselves to and that's been really great and i've been proud to be part of this organization for 20 coming up on 24 years now but i'm losing love i'm losing love for the realtor organization they're going woke and ideologically speaking i don't know why because most realtors that i know aren't woke aren't buying into that woke culture and cancel culture so i'm not sure why We've adopted also ESG, which is all part of coming out of the WEF. We've adopted ESG. It's part of our platform now, as well as uh, Woke Ideology and DEI. And so I'm, I'm really debating. But, but I say in here so far in The Millionaire Maker, you should have on your tribe a trusted real estate broker, and then I put in parentheses, realtor. That may or may not stay. I don't know because I may not belong to this organization for much longer. I'm not sure. Uh, they've got to wake up. And I don't mean woke up. they got to wake up. And enough of us have to speak up, of, of us realtors, but I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, also, a qualified local mortgage broker. And the word local must be in your sentence. It's got to be. There's a lot of online operators. There's a lot of um, opportunities to work with somebody in another state or another universe practically with some of these online lending platforms. But there is nothing better than a local mortgage broker I've been working with the same one for 22 years and I name her Rhonda Johnson I name her in this guide in the millionaire maker for a reason but also what might not be as obvious that should be on your tribe is a licensed home inspector that you know like and trust so as you acquire your first let's just say you're buying a home in an area you've never been before or you haven't bought a home in a number of years you may not have a relationship with a with a home inspector but if you want to be in this business and you want to be an investor, then your stock and trade is having these people on a deck that you can call to include a licensed home inspector, somebody whose opinion you trust. Sometimes, you know, they, they pass a little course, get a clipboard and go out and inspect. Other times they have real world practical building experience and can talk to you about how to solve problems. That's somebody you want to work with. Um, a contractor, specialty, general contractors, very important. Uh, hard money lender. So this is private money, this is private financing. That kind of a relationship can really do you a lot of good. Differentiating from the mortgage broker, obviously, in that they're just loaning their own money, just private money, gonna be higher interest rate, be prepared to pay a higher interest rate, but there are trade-offs, and we can talk about that another time. Uh, your local banker. You know, local, sometimes just a straight real estate loan, sometimes a, a quick bridge loan, things like that, can make all the difference between you getting the property or not getting in on a deal or not, so having that relationship matters. A handyman, service provider, a licensed electrician, licensed plumber, maintenance pros from painting, flooring, and if you're lucky, sometimes they're all one and the same. Your handyman can do a little electrical, can do a little plumbing, can do the painting, flooring, things like that. Also, a real estate attorney is very, very important. We have our leases, all of them, written and vetted by our attorney. It's it's very important. Um, and then a mentor. A mentor needs to be on your list. An investor willing to be your guide. Some, and all that means is somebody that's above you on the ladder. That's it. Somebody who's above you on the ladder. And I promise you, I've never met anybody that's like a really successful, wealthy person that isn't willing to take time to talk to you. You're listening to the backyard millionaire i'm chris story along with mr david webb i want to thank horizon wireless for making this program possible 226-3130 226-3130 through storms and any weather they're there whether you need them or not and that's the best part they're in the background you may not even need them and horizon's working for you 226-3130 when we return when is enough enough already and commitment the key to mastering anything in life when we return to The Backyard Millionaire. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Oh, I'm so excited. I just found out who owns a little company called The Salty Girls on the spit next to the salty dog. And I asked, can I, can, will you sell my books? And they said, yes. The Watchman will be featured at Salty Girls this summer. What's exciting about that is Jacob Mann, the realtor extraordinaire in the book, the featured character, the main character in the book that the books are about, lives in the Salty Dog. He actually lives upstairs at the Salty Dog And so to have these books available uh, at the store behind it, it's gonna be amazing, I'm so excited. Anyway, you're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, where you are with what you've got, I want to talk about a myth understanding. Yes, that's right, I said a myth understanding. Having once had a pretty bad lisp, a pronounced lisp, now that I'm in the communications business for some 16 years, I I feel quite proud that rarely does that lisp come back to haunt me? So I'm really taking a pretty big risk in titling this next segment, Myth Understanding. But I'm doing it anyway because I hope that it brings you just a little bit of mirth, a little mirth to your day. Okay, the myth that I wanna conquer and bust right here is never eat before bed. That is a myth, science has proved it. Wrong, that is a myth. See. Because you know, if I said midnight snack, you, oh, that sounds good, but you shouldn't do it. Yes, you should do it. Some sleep experts say you should eat a sleep-inducing snack before bed. And here's what they suggest. Nibbling on select bedtime snacks can help you have a more successful slumber. I like the term nibbling because you can't nibble on a Big Mac. You can't nibble on a ribeye but you can nibble on snacks. So I think that's an effective word for our myth understanding here. Almonds, walnuts, milk, a tart cherry juice all contain a little substance called melatonin, a hormone that helps uh, helps time your circadian rhythm and triggers sleepiness. See, I'll repeat it, almonds, walnuts, milk, and cherry juice it says tart cherry juice i assume they mean like not a capri sun right not a a sweet sugar laced but a tart cherry juice so probably no sugar added is what they mean but i did not realize that that all has contains a high amount of melatonin some foods without melatonin work too such as bananas pumpkin seeds oats peanut butter those all contain magnesium a mineral that reduces stress relaxes muscles and helps your body create more that's right, melatonin. So, Tiffany, when you catch me at the refrigerator tonight, don't misunderstand. To sell is to serve. With your Millionaire Minute, I'm Chris Story. Salesmen get a bad rap. Okay, now sometimes quite deservedly. My first experience with a used car salesman when I turned 16, that was quintessential sleazy sales experience. The truth is, though, sleaze isn't selling at all. See, to sell is to serve. Selling by its nature is solving problems. Zig Ziglar used to say, you can have anything you want in life if you'll help enough other people get what they want. Now that's selling. The more people you serve, the wealthier you get. From the Files of the Backyard Millionaire, I'm Chris Storey. Millionaire Minute, powered by the Backyard Millionaire Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 1 o'clock on KPEN and KGTL. Miss a minute and you could miss a million. That makes me, All right, when is enough enough? When, when is it enough? Well, studies have been done to show that there is not a direct corollary with your overall happiness once you've earned over a certain amount. And you might have read it, read that out. You know, depends on when you read the study. You know, pre, pre huge massive inflation, it could have been somewhere between 75 and 80,000. You got to, you got to ratchet that up to about 90 to 100 now. So it, over that amount would not necessarily increase your overall happiness. All right. So um, I used to work for some pretty well to do people. had a saying and I love the saying and I still once in a while will catch myself repeating it because it's so funny and once you hear it you're going to be like oh yeah I'm going to use that and you're welcome to it just attribute it to the Robinsons please when you when you use this say like the Robinsons always said you can only eat one steak a day think about that you can only eat one steak a day like for example they had some undeveloped property and they were thinking about developing it more with more commercial buildings. Or I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but it led to the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you do that? And they said, you know, you can only eat one steak a day. In other words, they had enough on their plate. They didn't need, desire, want, more. So, but you have to decide what's enough for you. See, the backyard millionaire formula is own and control at least four homes in your own backyard and you'll retire a millionaire plus for the rest of your life you'll have passive income relatively passive income never kid yourself there's toilets involved and things like this so you're always going to have something to do something to coordinate paint caulk whatever but it's it's relatively passive okay and why four why four homes well when i came up with a formula 16 years ago when we started the radio realty program the first iteration of what you're listening to now it would have cost you about $250,000 for a rental home. Thus, four times 250, it's a million bucks. Okay. And now it's more like on average going to be 350 to 400 plus. So you, I mean, I guess you could say own and control two homes in your own backyard and you have the million dollar net worth. But it's not just about the million dollar net worth. It's like I said, it's about passive income. But at some point, if you're going beyond four homes, It's because you really enjoy the process of investing and being a landlord. You know what I mean? It's like, is there really going to be a difference in your life for an extra two, three, four million bucks at the bottom line of your net worth? Will that really create happiness for you if you're not enjoying the job, if you're not enjoying being a landlord, if you find people annoying or can't stand people? then adding those extra millions to your bottom line aren't going to make you any happier. So my point is, if you do want to have 10 or 20 properties, make sure that you enjoy this process. And if you don't, then it's sort of a set it, forget it, sort of the Ron Popeil effect. Look, it's working for you. You You're you're getting cascade. Money's coming in. It's going up every time inflation goes up, every time rent goes up. By the way, that's reached a, a bit of a plateau nationwide. Um, not going up near what it was between 2020 and 2023. So rents are, are plateauing, which is fine because they, they did reach a, a, you know, an almost unaffordable peak. I mean, they had to stop somewhere. But if you don't enjoy this, you don't enjoy talking about it. You don't enjoy looking. You don't enjoy. If if I share with you the Dolph de Roos formula of 100, 10, 3, 1 and your eyes roll into the back of your head, don't go past four. You probably won't go past four. And I guarantee if you do go past four, you're not going to enjoy it and your happiness level, the quotient of happiness isn't going to go up commensurate with your net worth. So find out for you what's enough. And, and here's a little secret I learned from Morgan Housel. I think I knew this. I think you'll go, yeah, and you'll nod your head with it and say, yeah, that makes sense to me. If you keep, his book was called, by the way, uh, The Psychology of Money. A great little book he wrote it in 2020. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's a fast read, probably three or four sittings you can finish it. He says, as long as you keep moving the goalpost, you'll never have enough. You'll never have enough if you keep moving the goalpost. For example, if you say something like, once I have the 10 homes, I'll be happy. Once I have the four homes, once I have you know $20,000 a month in recurring passive income, once I have this, once I have that, then I'll be happy. And because guess what? When you get there, then you're going to go, you know what? I actually want a little more and a little more. And it's not enough. And you suddenly realize the happiness hasn't gone up, again, commensurate with your wealth, with your net worth or your liquidity. Oh, well, I'll take more time with my family. Once the next investments, once we're out of escrow, you know, I'm going to spend more time with the family. It's probably not going to happen. You're probably not going to spend more time with the family because the goalposts will move at that point. Once I've established more business, once I've established it and I've got a you know, real good foothold on my business, I'll deal with my fitness. I'll deal with my health then. No, probably won't. So if you continue to move the goalpost, there will never be enough. And what I'm talking about is moving your mind into a higher vibration, developing a higher consciousness, and you can literally attract all the good that you want. You see, money is literally attracted to us, or it's repelled. And on the first 27 years of my life, I can assure you that I was not magnetized to that green energy yet used to stay away from me and now it just keeps coming to me you're listening to the backyard a millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got that was the late great bob proctor superior thinker great canadian i miss his work you can still find it all over youtube just type in bob proctor he also appeared on a little film you maybe saw called the secret espousing such similar thoughts as he just shared there, you can attract what you want into your life. And I think I think it's true that you, you all you do is attract who you are. You know, I think about marketing a lot in this business that I'm in, real estate brokerage, real estate investing, property management, broadcast and podcasts. This business requires me to think about marketing. And I just wrote I was just in a seminar yesterday and I was taking notes as the speaker was speaking and I and I wrote down something Completely con- not, not contrary, but um, you or just outside of what he was talking about. A thought hit me like a ton of bricks. And that thought was this. Marketing isn't about what, but who. When you market anything in this life, when you sell anything in this life, when you promote anything, you're really promoting who you are. There's almost no escaping it. No matter what you sell, no matter what you do, no matter what you offer, make, or take, whatever it is, All your marketing is yourself. It's like the old adage, what you're doing so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. I think really fits the bill to to what I'm driving at there. So it's about who, not what. In the world of investing, in the world of owning real estate, residential or commercial, it's about who you serve. Did I, I think I did. Did I? Yeah, I I did the, yeah, I played the the millionaire minute, sell to serve. And and how the car salesman, that, that I first, the first car, this is my first experience with a car salesperson. Was awful. He was disgusting. He was a Lothario. You could just tell. He was sleazy. He was, he, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had somebody tied up in a, in a van somewhere nearby. That's how, that's how big of an impression he made on me. And negative one, and he was there for what, not who. He didn't care about me. He didn't care about my dad that was standing there. And I'll share this one quick, funny story. My dad's a big guy, six um, two, big guy, big, bulky, strong linebacker in football. His buddy, his best friend, was 6'4", also a little bigger even. Both these guys are, you know, pretty menacing to be standing there on this car lot. And here's a sixteen-year-old punk—that's me—in the story here. And and this guy is just such a sleazebag. And he finally looks at me, and he goes. You know, I'd bust the gut to sell you a car today. And my dad didn't say anything. Very sort of a stoic, man. a few words. Didn't say a word, just looked at the guy. And Dave, his buddy, just looked at him and said, I'd like to see that. (laughs) Oh, that was a good experience. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. When we come back, I'm going to give you the key to all success in life and the three L's, an investor's guide to living regret-free. Stick around. Time is of the essence, but still, don't be ridiculous. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. When you're investing, when you're buying, you're making an offer, short deadlines aren't always your best bet. Again, time is of the essence, but you know, think about it from the seller's perspective. Use a little empathy here. You're the seller and you find out, wait a minute, you mean I've got to make a decision on this offer in 15 hours, but we still have three more showings today what or you know i'm going through something with a family member or i'm just about to leave and i'm not going to be back until tomorrow morning think about it from their perspective you do not want to force their hand to kill the deal you don't want it to arrive d-o-a because you gave too short of a time that said you don't want to give so much time that you lose momentum or invite competition because then they'll go out and shop your offer hey i got an offer okay they gave us five days to to think about this great okay um call everybody you know tell them we got an offer you know give me something here in the next uh 72 hours or so and we'll we'll look at it with everything else no no you don't want that long but you got to find the sweet spot so again too little time well that could actually hurt you but also can too much time hurt you yes so find the sweet spot this is where you really want to be working with a competent real estate broker that there is not, I promise you, there's nothing worse than getting an offer on Friday at 11 a.m. with a noon Saturday deadline. Are you, come on. Are you kidding me? Don't, don't be ridiculous. Unless you've been told something, but even still, your offer is going to die at noon, then that's it. It's done. You have to then go extended in writing. So don't, just don't do that to yourself. All right. The commitment is the key, the master key to unlock anything you want in life. I'm pretty convinced about it. I read a book 25 years ago called The Instant Millionaire. And it just changed my life. It changed the way I think pretty dramatically. And it taught me at that moment, in any one moment, in an instant, if you will, You can commit to becoming somebody else. You can commit to something new, brand new, in that second, in that moment. You may not have the thing yet. You may not have the physical fitness yet, but you can commit to it and become. You can commit to becoming wealthy in that moment. You can adopt a plan. You can put something into practice instantly in your mind. It's like Jim Rohn always said, if somebody hands you a million dollars, you better hurry up and become millionaire so why not become a millionaire right now why not adopt the lifestyle of a wealthy person right now the money will follow Henry Ford was asked one time what if you lost your entire fortune what would you do his answer should be noted he said I would make it all back plus more in two years or less it's because he knew he knew the roadmap already he already had become somebody different He'd become wealthy. He'd become influential. He'd become a game changer in an entire industry. Changed the nation, in a sense. I mean, I think really this whole concept could be summed up in three words. And those three words are be, do, have. So once you become who it is you wish to be, you'll do what that person would do. Once you become fit, you'll do things that fit people do. And you'll have fitness applies to wealth, relationships, happiness, anything you want in life. All right, here's your three L's. It's an investor's guide to living regret-free. I came up with this a while back, and I haven't shared it yet, and I thought this would be a good day to do it. Here we are, nearing the end of February 2024, and I don't want you to have any regrets at the end of this year. I don't want you to have any regrets by 2030. I should have, would have, could have. I don't want you to live in the land of regret. So I figured there has to be something that we could look at together and and just call it An Investor's Guide to Living Regret-Free. And I think these three L's sum it up succinctly. L number one, look to the future. L number two, learn from your past, the past, and your past. And L number three, live in the present. And I'll break them down. So looking to the future means setting goals, but not living there. Allowing the goals to pull you forward, but not delude you or slow you down or stop you. There have been times that I've set goals for myself that were so large, so enormous, so huge, and I lived there when this happens and then never did anything to put a foundation underneath that dream in the sky. That's dangerous. So set goals, but do not live there. The second L, learning from the past. You know, it's important to look at what's gone before I study the market, I study the, the what I consider to, to be key indicators of what the market's going to do based on what it has done, but who could have predicted COVID? I mean, besides Bill Gates and the the group that met in New York and did that, what was it, the Experiment 201 or <laughs> Event 201, you know, people, okay, those people saw it coming. The average investor didn't, the average person couldn't have expected, didn't see for better or worse, what was going to happen to the market? So if you had just studied the previous 10 years and based your decisions only on that, solely on that, that, that would have been a dangerous time to sell a property prematurely just before a big spike uh, or to acquire the wrong property, the wrong area, a commercial property, say, in downtown Los Angeles, but just before everybody went home. Who could have seen that coming? That that was a, that was an outrageous event. So you have to look backwards, but don't live there and don't base your entire your entire present on it and so coming full circle then invest your time in the present invest your money presently not for the moment you're obviously looking towards your goals and towards long-term events and long-term compounding of value but you want to be present in how you think about that like we will not buy a property that does not cash flow there was a time i did but not now my, my previous plan had been that we were just simply acquiring machines that produce appreciation, period. If they took a little bit of feeding, no problem. We didn't mind feeding the tiger, we knew it was gonna grow and not eat us. (laughs) Like, is it too soon to make that Siegfried, no? Or was it Roy? Anyway, bottom line is we were feeding tigers that we knew were gonna grow and it took some feed and took some time and attention, there's no problem. We, We wanted to do it. Now, we're at a point in our life, past 50, that every single, Just past 50, by the way. I'm 51. Tiffany's an undisclosed age above that. Well, at this point, it'd be better just to disclose it, right? Because you might be thinking she's 70 or 72. Anyway, (laughs) so we're thinking at this stage and age of our life, no, no, everything must cash flow. So every investment opportunity, every business opportunity we look at has to cash flow now. That's what we want right now. You could also look at this idea of living in the present as being present with your family and friends. Being present with your health and your wealth. I want to share just a quick, if I have time, I think I do. I just, I copied this out of a little book by Price Pritchett called Fast Growth. And Price Pritchett writes small 30, 40 page little books, and they're golden. They're absolutely golden. And this one he says investing, invest heavily in the now, the now of your life. Fast growth requires a keen awareness of what you're doing. And by the way, fast growth don't correlate that or think that he's talking about getting rich quick he's talking about changing now like why wait change now you can change fast you can change in an instant fast growth requires a keen awareness of what you're doing with yourself you need a strong sense of nowness or to put it another way it's important for you to maximize the value of this moment time is one of your most precious resources and you don't get a second chance to use it your first shot is your last shot, no do-overs. You'll only get one crack at using any given time period for performance or improvement, so pay attention. Consciously watch how you're spending the fleeting now and consider the payback that you'll get. Are you making a good investment of your hours, your minutes, are you wasting these scarce resources, spending time on stuff that offers a little return, fumbling the opportunity for fast growth now? invest in the now in yourself your health your wealth your family all of it i think that caps that off nicely don't you i gotta tell you i think this has been an incredible program i'm so grateful that we're recording it and i'll tell you why it's going to be available wherever podcasts are get it on amazon spotify itunes or my website i love homeralaska.com forward slash podcast i'm going to have this up be within the hour I really feel I feel it. Some days you just feel it, don't you? I feel on fire, I feel like I've just self-immolated here in front of the, all of you in a good way. I did want to talk about one other thing, but I, I see that the clock's not gonna allow that, the Abendum Clause, to have and to hold. We'll talk about that, but remember, I'll just summarize it really briefly. In real estate, there's a bundle of rights that are transferred to you when you buy and are conveyed real estate. From that bundle of rights, some things are taken. Some things are not yours. And there is a company in Alaska that is leasing subsurface rights from from property owners. And in those leases, very often, this company is not disallowing right of entry. They're including right of entry, but telling people, yeah, don't worry about it. We're never gonna come onto your property. To which I would say then, fine remove right of entry from the lease or i will not sign it so just a little bit of a public service announcement if somebody approaches you if you're one of the rare few people that actually own your mineral rights subsurface rights do not sign a lease that allows right of entry unless you want them to in which case then you better negotiate for more and i would look at those as two different things you want right of entry that's a whole nother cost to you than are the subsurface rights don't confuse royalties with leasing the surface okay there you have it i'm chris story reminding you and i do really mean you can make a million bucks in your own backyard we'll see you next time